0: Hey, my name is Andrea Smith, and I am the pastor of West Church Lake Norman, and we are so glad that you are checking out this message or this podcast, either on demand or on one of the podcast stations. If you would, we'd love for you to go check us out on YouTube and, and give our page a like and subscribe to our page or, page or subscribe to our podcast. We are a church that is based on being real, real life things that we talk about. We are a bunch of real people. I am as real as they come. But we believe that God loves all people in very real ways. And so the messages that we talk about, the things that we talk about are things to help you in your life have the best life that you were created to have here on earth. So thanks for joining in and we hope you find this message meaningful and relevant for your life today. Thank you for being here. Today, we are finishing our last segment of our now streaming series by talking about the extremely popular Netflix special movie called Don't Look Up. This movie has a ton of A-list celebrities in it, and some of them are Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. In the movie, Jennifer Lawrence plays a grad student named Kate Dibiaski who discovers an asteroid that is coming straight to earth her professor dr randall mindy played by leonardo dicaprio helps her try to get this news out worldwide because it's a panic they do all these calculations at the very beginning of the movie that let you know that there is a 99.9 percent chance that this asteroid will be hitting earth now this thing is like nine or ten kilometers wide which is humongous and it's considered an um an end-of-species comet asteroid. So that's definitely not good. So the point of the movie is they are trying to get it on the media. They're trying to get it to the White House so people can do something about it because there's six months until this thing ends all life on this planet. People do not believe them. There's a ton of themes in the movie that pick fun at a bunch of different things about culture today. And it's a pretty interesting movie. I did not like that it was two and a half hours long because that was extremely hard for my (laughs) attention span. But other than that, it was a really interesting movie. So we have the trailer available and take a look. This is not real. This is not real, this is not real. This isn't happening. Kate, uh, tell me this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you got to digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we going to do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. (gasps) Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? (laughs) There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. (laughs) Hey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, But the yelling lady mm, not so not much. so much. We're gonna get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. This comet contains thirty trillion dollars worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all gonna die? Oh this no! Is if we're, we're rich, we're that would be terrible. Let's do it. You guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster. <laughs> you know that girl from TV said we're all gonna die? No. So When I first started watching the movie, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be laughing because there are really funny parts, Um, but then I Googled while I was watching and I saw that it is supposed to be a satire making fun of uh, society today and just pointing out some flaws that we have as as a nation, as a culture, Um, but here are a few of the themes that are portrayed in the movie. Media, cynicism, science denialism, Hollywood gossip big tech greed, quest for happiness, selfish and narcissistic individualism, and money as ultimate source of value. So one thing that I encourage you to think about while we are diving into this movie today is what would be your asteroid? What is one thing, or maybe it's a couple things, that would just completely wreck your world and flip it upside down and you feel like you could not recover from? And these should be related to fear, uh, maybe even some grief. Um, but yes, I would love for you to maybe even if you feel comfortable, share in the chat what your asteroids might be as we dive into fear and grief today. So, at the end of the movie, unfortunately the astronomers were right, and the asteroid does come and completely wipe out all of the human race on planet Earth. The elite of the world had actually built a secret spaceship that takes 2,000 of them to another planet that takes 22,000 years to get to, and they have hopes of repopulating that new planet because Earth was absolutely destroyed. So when we're thinking about our asteroids today, I want you to be very honest with how you would deal with those asteroids. So would you be like the elite who know that this thing is coming and they boogie on out without telling anybody, they don't care about anybody else, they just know that they need to get to a safe place? Or would you be like the astronomers who, in the next clip that you'll see, they actually decide to gather their families together and enjoy one last meal in peace. They know that there is absolutely nothing that they can do about this asteroid hitting earth, and they just say, you know what? We're gonna enjoy each other's company. Because guess what? Jesus never promised us that there would not be asteroids, but he did promise a way to find peace in the midst of the asteroids. Take a look at this next clip. man, oh man, did we try Well, we're not the most religious here in the Mindy household, but um, maybe we, should we say amen? Should we do that? I mean, don't look at me. I don't know how to say (laughs) why You just say amen. (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. I I got this. I got it. Dearest Father and Almighty Creator, we ask for your grace tonight, despite our pride, your forgiveness, despite our doubt. Most of all, Lord, we ask for your love to soothe us through these dark times. May we face whatever is to come in your divine will, with courage, and open hearts of acceptance. Amen. Amen. Wow, you've got some church game. That was beautiful. The comet remains intact. We just never... Of course, there's only one story everyone's talking about tonight. Topless urgent care setters. You'll never take me alive! Ow! Oh. Ow! So the character who said the prayer at the dinner table His name is Yule, and he's pretty much the only character who shows any faith representation throughout the entire movie. But that's towards the end of the movie and one of the most powerful parts of the movie. So at the beginning of the clip, when Dr. Mindy said, we're not really religious, should we say amen? That was supposed to be funny, but it was followed by a really, really powerful prayer said by Yule that you could see the changes in the character's emotions and kind of their attitude when they felt a sense of calm after they heard Yule's prayer. And then, of course, that's followed by a funny moment on the TV screen where the guy says, everybody's talking about the topless retirement homes (laughs) when the comet is coming to destroy Earth, literally in just a few minutes from that scene. So how does Scripture speak about fear? Well, the theme of fear not is all throughout the Bible, and this always makes me laugh after the fact, not during. It really irritates me during, but let's say I'm crying. I'm upset. I'm frustrated, and I'm just expressing, expressing my emotions, and someone just says, don't cry. Don't be upset. Don't be mad, and I'm like, oh. I'm healed. Why didn't I think of that? And it's like the the Bible saying "Fear not" is like what? What are we supposed to do with that? Um, So when you're upset and people say "Don't be upset," it's just kind of like, why would you even say anything? I thanks appreciate it so 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 much. A part of life, unfortunately, it's obviously not anything that anybody wants to go through, but a big part of life is it's pretty much guaranteed that we are going to deal with grief and loss on some, on some levels. Fear will always be nipping at our heels no matter what it is we try to do. So, instead of saying, how do we not fear? Let's just reevaluate and maybe look at it as what is our goal? How can we now look at fear moving forward? So, there is a passage in Luke. It is Luke 7:11 through 13, and it says, Not long after that, Jesus went to the village Nain, his disciples were with him, along with quite a large crowd. As they approached the village gate, they met a funeral procession. A woman's only son was being carried out for burial, and the mother was a widow. When Jesus saw her, his heart broke. He said to her, Don't cry. These are not meant to be commandments, the don't cry don't fear. It should not be looked at as, if you do these things, it is wrong. It is disrespectful to our faith. It is more like when you tell a child, and I don't personally have children, um, but I would imagine that this is how it feels. When you tell a child, don't be afraid, it's not an end-all be-all. It's not, don't be afraid just because I said not to be afraid. Now, a commandment when thinking about children would be more along the lines of, don't hit your sibling. That doesn't need any further explanation because they just should not be hitting other people. When we think of it through the lens of telling a child, don't be afraid, it's more of an invitation for comfort and almost like an, we got this attitude, which is how I believe Jesus means to come across when he's telling us, don't cry, don't be fearful. It's more of letting us know, and just like in Luke, letting the woman know when he says, don't cry, that he is with her, he hears her, he sees her, and he is going to do something about it. It's not the silly little, oh, don't cry, because clearly she's upset. That's okay. Our goal with fear and grief is to grow. So another thing that I want to talk about in the scripture is Jesus kind of picks at us and tells us the perspective of worrying and how it's not all that helpful. And I love this passage in Matthew six twenty-seven. he says, has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? I wish that were true. I'm about 5'1", and I wish that I could go into the mirror in the bathroom here and just say, oh, I wish I was taller, or I need to be taller, and I would grow an inch. But that, unfortunately, is not the case. But that should be encouragement because Jesus is telling us, worrying is not really going to help the situation or change anything, but it's not wrong or disrespectful of us to be fearful. So that's the lens that I encourage you to look at those scripture passages with. Not so much that it's a commandment to not get upset and not be fearful, but to remind you that Jesus is with you in those times when you are feeling those ways. Fear and grief go hand in hand. There are a lot of ways that we as humans can experience these two things throughout a lifetime. Some of those include losing loved ones, getting a bad reputation, struggling with finances, losing friendship, and so much other possibilities. But fear is anticipating loss and grief is experiencing it, which is why those two usually do go hand in hand. Another popular verse, which is Psalm 56.3, says, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. And this is another reminder that it's not wrong to be afraid. But when you are afraid, try to merge that with the confidence that you do get from Jesus when he is comforting you. So I will talk a little bit about me just to make this more uh, relative and to expose myself, but that's okay. Um, One of the biggest lessons that I learned from my therapist was that it's okay to feel how you feel. I mean, you shouldn't sit there and dwell on it for forever, but to deny yourself the ability to feel the feelings that you feel is not good either. And that was really hard for me to learn. I still struggle with it sometimes, but I'm getting better. I knew that this was something important that we all needed to know when I ran into someone at um, a public place who was needing some advice. This was a stranger. I did not know this person at all, but it had come up that I worked at a church and he had a ton of questions. I could tell that he was struggling with his faith a little bit, which we've all been there, so that was not a problem at all. And I was happy to help talk him through some things. He wanted to know a scenario about his boss and if it was okay to feel the way that he felt. So the scenario was set up like this. Let's say on Friday at 10 a.m., his boss had told him to be there because he was eligible for a promotion, which meant this guy got up, he got dressed, he had studied for a test that he thought was going to get him the promotion. So he put a ton of effort into this situation. 10 a.m. on Friday comes around, his boss is nowhere to be found. 12 p.m. rolls around, he's nowhere to be found. Finally, his boss shows up after lunch and acts like he has no idea what this guy is talking about. Completely blows off the fact that he had studied for the promotion or blows off the fact that the boss had told this guy that he was eligible for a promotion that day at 10 a.m. So the struggle and advice that this guy was looking for was he said, Lexi, I was really disappointed and upset that I had put all of this time and effort into this and this guy, my boss, didn't even show up and he was just acting like it didn't matter to him. So I felt that I was wrong and I felt guilty for feeling the way I felt and I felt like I needed to just blow it off as well. I am here to tell you that that is not the case. I told him the exact same thing that I just said that I learned from my therapy. I shared what my therapist had taught me and that you need to feel how you feel. That will save so, so, so many issues instead of suppressing them and acting like you don't feel that way or can't feel that way. So to close this off, I want to show you one last clip. This goes directly after the prayer scene that we had seen. It's kind of the rest of the extension, but I want you to take a look at this last clip and just notice the calmness that's at the dinner table surrounded by the chaos that's happening outside of the home. So at the end of that clip, that was the space shuttle of the 2,000 elites that were traveling 22,000 years to the next planet so that they could repopulate that planet and get the heck off of Earth because it was destroyed. Do you see what I mean, though, about the peace that the people at the dinner table had? One was drinking coffee, one was looking at his significant other, and the other was just sitting ahead. Those people were not believers. They didn't have some sort of existential crisis where they wanted the earth to end. But at that point they kind of knew they had known for six months that this was going to happen. And so they're like, so what, what were you supposed to do? That's what I hope that we can take away from today's message. Asteroids are going to come. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but how are we going to react? Those 2000 elites that made it to the other planet, Come to find out there were dinosaurs and all types of crazy things on that planet and people get killed within two feet off of stepping off the space shuttle. So it's like, are you going to try to escape the asteroids that you know are coming? Or are you going to sit in peace and not be as fearful, although it's okay to be fearful? Are you going to know that Jesus is with you and that things will end end up working how they need to in the end. So the encouragement for today is to share the troubles of your heart openly. If you're afraid, say that. If you're sad, say that. If you're happy, definitely say that. And do not let things dwell because nothing good comes from letting things just stir and suppress and just keep it inside. It is okay to share however you're feeling with anybody. There's a quote from a Harvard doctor named Jill Taylor, and she says, 90 seconds is all it takes to identify an emotion and allow it to dissipate while you simply notice it. So maybe this week's challenge is if you can feel an emotion stirring up in yourself, give it the 90 seconds. Feel that. If you feel anger, be as mad as you want for 90 seconds. Don't harm anybody else in those 90 seconds or do anything crazy, but allow yourself to feel whatever emotion it is, for 90 seconds, and then try to move on. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for our asteroids, actually. I know that's not something that a lot of people would normally pray for, but our asteroids are a chance for us to look outward and know that there are some things that are just out of our control that we can't do anything about. We pray that there is peace surrounding our asteroids and that we try intentionally to help ourselves be better human beings. I also pray that we recognize that our emotions are valid and we are allowed to feel what we feel as long as it is in the realms of not harming ourselves or other people. Emotions are a gift. Asteroids are a gift. They let us know and Um, appreciate that we are human beings. Thank you for being with us through everything that we deal with and for helping our asteroids burn up in the atmosphere before they impact and end all for all of us in our own little worlds. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. So that's it for our now streaming series. I hope you actually got to watch this movie because there are a lot of other great points to it. These were just the ones that I felt were awesome and necessary to share. Next week, we start our Lent series, Freeing Jesus. And I can't wait for you guys to see that logo because it is just so, so, so awesome. So I hope that we see you next week. Bye.